You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Happy holidays. I'm Laura Bell Bundy. And I'm Shay Carter. And this is Women of Tomorrow, a podcast for women. By women. Nice trying, women. One day you will get equality. And that's what our podcast is all about, giving you the information that you need to make the world a more equitable place. Dashing through the mall, trying to find a sale. Got a $5 t-shirt, spent 25 on kale. Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, here's a bunch of crap. It'll be regifted. We'll just change the wrap. It's a weekend. Have you ever asked yourself, why do I have so many clothes and somehow constantly feel like I have nothing to wear? Have you ever asked yourself, why does this face cream smell like chemicals? Or why does this purchase fake leather somehow smell like dead fish? <laughs> <laughs> Why is everything wrapped in pounds of plastic? How did I order one single lip liner and have it come in a box bigger than my cat? Is my grandma going to get me that same bath and body kit, adding 20 more body scrubs that I've never used, piling up under my sink every year? She'll get that for you. Who made these decisions? Who made these products? Why have I spent money on things that I barely like? And here we have big box retailers who are able to sell pants for like $15, shirts for like 5 to $8. And the trick is we think we're saving money, but we are actually just buying more. And because these things don't last, we're replacing them more often. Purchasing power affects every aspect of economics, from consumer buying goods to investors buying stock to a country's economic prosperity and to who gets elected to positions of power. Listen, it's Christmas and the big corporations are ready to cash in on your desire to share with the ones you love. But at what cost? Hit them with the facts, LBB. Apparel accounts for 10% of the world's carbon footprint. One in six humans work in the apparel industry. And 80% of those people are women. And 98% of them do not make a living wage. Look, this is a warning. I'm about to break your heart and I'm about to make you feel a lot of shame. Some of my favorite brands are on the naughty list this year. So try not to tune out. This can be uncomfortable because you feel guilty, but there is no need to feel judged or bad about companies you've supported in the past. Instead, let's learn and grow and hopefully allow new information to change our spending habits for the better. 
the pandemic has also left female garment workers who make up around 85% of the workforce at a greater risk of violence and sexual harassment. In India, a 20-year-old garment worker was allegedly raped and killed by her supervisor at an H&M supply factory after months of harassment. And let me get specific about not earning a living wage. This is a quote from Chenden36 from Cambodia. I've got some work now, but it's not regular. Only hourly work in factories when they are busy. For a 10-hour day, I make around $10 USD, so about $1 an hour. Before, my base salary was $190, which is the minimum wage for the garment sector in Cambodia. Hosanna in Ethiopia says, I've been working for five and a half years at the same garment factory. Since the pandemic began, our wages have been reduced. We haven't been told why. It was 1600 Ethiopian beer, which is $38 a month before. And now it's 1400 and that's $33 USD a month. Maria, 64, Los Angeles. Even when I was working, I was paid much less because I'm undocumented. I was paid by a piece rate, which is equivalent to less than minimum wage. I used to make $400 to $450 a week, working almost 60-hour weeks. That's less than half the city's minimum wage. I also had no sick pay, no vacation pay, no rights. A report published by the Workers' Rights Consortium in November 2020 found that nearly 80% of garment workers surveyed have been going hungry. Working conditions have deteriorated rapidly as both factories and in turn employees are under increasing pressure to produce garments more quickly due to price cuts from retailers. There have been widespread reports of union busting with union members and labor activists disproportionately targeted by layoffs. I've always been an empowered woman, but all women need to know just how powerful we really are. Women make 80% of the purchase decisions in the world. That means that when we choose not to buy, it has profound impact. It means that what we do buy has profound impact. We can buy the change we wish to see in the world. I think it's important, too, to know where is our clothing coming from. Right now, 40% is coming from China, 9.8% Vietnam, 6.8% Bangladesh, 5% Indonesia, 4.3% Honduras, 4.3% Cambodia, 3.7% Mexico, and 3.6% India. Three-fourths of China's energy supply is coming from coal, and that's the dirtiest form of energy. And that's where 40% of our garments are coming from. So as you can see, when the distance between the production location and the purchase location grow, what decreases is the accountability, sustainability, and transparency in our supply chains. And this has disastrous implications to people and to the planet. Listen, the biggest lesson I've learned was the cheaper the item, the higher the consequences, both for the environment and for the people that are making it. So I decided to give myself a challenge where I couldn't buy anything new for a year. And my initial interest in doing this was because I was super poor and I was moving to New York City with no money and I was going to try to save money and start to kind of notice where my spending habits were. And I find that it's best to cut something out and then you start to really notice how, how often you were buying. And so I made a deal. I could only buy secondhand for an entire year except for underwear, socks, and running shoes. And it ended up being not hard at all. And I found little ways in thrift stores what to look for quality of clothing based off 
patterns and fabrics. And it ended up being such an adventure and so much fun. And I found myself constantly having this conversation where I was telling people about my one-year challenge. And then they would give me information about different ways that they were sustainable. And I ended up learning so much that I didn't know before and being so much more conscious. One thing that was brought to my attention that I had never considered was plastic and how when you buy skincare, it travels to you in plastic and that plastic actually seeps into the product and makes the product full of plastic and clogs your pores and just has all of these negative chemical elements. And so I then started to look for skincare that was ethical and sourced in glass. And I found amazing companies like Derma E that are cruelty-free and it just found like the more I dug and the more investigation I did before buying a product, the more I was able to find conscious brands, find conscious products, find products that were gonna that were gonna help the environment, and also buying pieces that I wasn't gonna get rid of immediately. Or if I was buying skincare, it would come in packaging that I could reuse and use that jar as like a travel jar once the product was gone from it. And everything works like that. It's all circular. And that's how we want to shop. We want to make sure that what we're buying benefits the person that's making it. We want to make sure that what we're buying can be reused, recycled. We want to make sure that what we're buying is something that we actually like and that we'll want to keep for a long time um, and something that isn't going to make us sick. All of this domino effect really helped me and taught me a lot of things, even really scary facts like most pleather is treated with formaldehyde. And then you're putting that on your skin and the cost of healthcare is so expensive. And here we are putting formaldehyde on our skin. A recent market investigation found that one in five fast fashion items of clothing had harmful chemicals, including lead, formaldehyde, PFAS, and other crap that I can't pronounce. And that's wild. One in five pieces of your clothing. And that's not even counting the chemicals that are in our food, the chemicals that are in our skincare. It's just, it's a crazy Pandora's box of terror. So here's the good news. Where there's demand, supply will be created and you have the power. A whopping 66% of global consumers said that they would pay more for sustainable products. Unfortunately, only 10% of that group said they actually buy sustainable products on a regular basis. This means we have a huge opportunity to capture a massive percentage of consumers if we could make buying sustainably easier, which is why we are bringing you our guest, Deshi, and introducing you to her amazing company, Apricot. Feel good about every purchase and every recommendation. Apricot curates a global selection of beloved cult lifestyle brands and also happens to be clean, sustainable, conscious, and or women and BIPOC owned. How often do you text a friend to share something that you love all the time? And how often are you rewarded by the brand? Um, never. Well, that changes now. Apricot's goal is to lift all women and line their pockets while creating a shift in how we buy and consume. Apricot is proud to help you discover mindful brands that are sustainable, small batch, female-owned, conscious, and or cruelty-free. The stuff you won't end up replacing in a month. Apricot supports these businesses and provides them with a platform to succeed. We are so happy to have Deshi Singh, 
who is the creator and founder of Apricot, here to talk with us. And I got that right. Did I get that right? I am the creator and founder. Yes, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first of all, before we get, we dive right in, I have a question. What made you want to start doing this? That is such a great question. So first of all, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you guys and and chatting about this. Um, I think it's so important and it's something that deserves attention, time, thought, and conversation. So for me, I firmly believe that putting more money in the hands of women is very important, not just for them, but for our global economy. Um, you know, what I've seen is, is that women fuel our consumer economy with our behaviors. And you've already talked about this, but both on the supply. So creating the garments and manufacturing what we actually use and consume, but also on the demand side. And so if women are fueling our consumer economy, why is it that we are not getting recognized for what I believe is actually unpaid labor? And that is taking the time to find products to bring into your life, to bring into the lives of the people that you love, to bring into your family's lives, right? To spend your time and your money to discover new products and new brands. That is work. What the language is today is that it's frivolous, that women spend a lot of money, that we're very good at shopping. But what we're not giving credit for is the fact that we are the backbone of what our economy runs off of. So a few years ago, um, there was a stat that was quoted where, you know, women control over $2.4 billion in household spend. That is a huge number, right? And that was from a few years ago. Imagine what that is today. Uh, so women have tremendous buying power. And if we can just start to think about that a little bit in terms of, well, what if we started to get compensated for this work? What if you started to get recognized from this work? And what's really cool with Apricot is that we have found some of the most revolutionary brands on the planet. Um, these are also the, the conscious and cult independent brands that you're talking about. So they're mostly female founded, socially conscious, eco-friendly. There's, there's something about them that makes them quality products. Um, but not only that, they want to pay you as a consumer, to both buy and share their products. I mean, that's pretty mind-blowing, right? Now, you as an individual, not just as an influencer with 100,000 followers or more, um, or, you know, as an influencer with with 15,000 followers and an account on one of the affiliate marketing programs, but as an everyday person and woman and consumer, your neighbor, your mom, your sister, imagine this idea of getting the most authentic and trusted referrals and recommendations from your closest people, but also getting paid to both shop and share. I think this is so interesting because I've found lately with social media, feeling really frustrated and disheartened with all of the marketing from influencers because there's such massive budgets to do these big hauls and it's just so much stuff. And really, I do find myself wanting to ask my friends and family more because I trust it. I know that these, I know that these people are paying these influencers a ton of money and I don't believe it anymore. So the jig is up for me a little bit on that. How does somebody get paid for 
like telling their friends and family? How does that structure work? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I think that you actually hit the nail on the head there just for a second. Over 80% of all Americans, both men and women, say that a recommendation from a friend or a family make them more likely to make a purchase. That's huge, right? And not only that, word of mouth referrals are the primary factor behind 50% of all purchasing decisions. So we are moving the needle for brands in a really meaningful way, and that is not being captured. So this authentic word of mouth referral that you're talking to, so you looking to your friends to ask them what to get, I mean, that's the holy grail of brands bringing new customers to find their products. So, you know, customer acquisition. But brands today are actually trying to figure out ways to engage with their most loyal consumers. So they're starting brand ambassador programs, right? They're reaching out to nano and micro influencers. But as we've seen, and as what you just sort of outlined, is that a lot of what's out there today is not authentic. We can pay for reviews on Amazon today. So a lot of the reviews that you see are actually, you know, they're, they're probably bought. This is, this is becoming its own behemoth. But, you know, as we shop and as we think about consuming, you know, where, the, where is the value in those platforms, in the Amazons of the world, of Airbnb, of, you know, kind of any of the, the biggest platforms that you go to, you look for something, whether it's a destination, you find a home, and the first thing you do is you read the reviews. You look up something on Amazon, it fits all of your criteria. The next thing I do is I read the reviews or see how many stars it is, right? So there's so much value in that behavior. How do we start to think about consumerism differently and also just the relationship between retailers, brands, and consumers differently to start to put consumers and brands first? So why is this an optimal site for purchasing? Yeah, that's a really good question. So the better question is, why would you shop anywhere else? So once you've decided to come in, you know, you're being presented with a highly curated selection of, like I said, the best of the internet, right? And we have some awesome people curating the brands on our site, including Kelly Catrone, Jennifer Justice. She was Jay-Z's personal entertainment lawyer for 17 years. Our head of brand partnerships was the head buyer at Barney's for over a decade. The reason to come to Apricot is because we are recognizing that there's value in what you do already and that you should also recognize that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. So, the key here is that you're actually earning 15 to 25% of the retail cost of an item when anybody buys based off of your recommendation. And you as a consumer are earning anywhere from seven and a half to 15% of the retail cost of an item on your own purchases in the platform. So just for example, if we were all members of Apricot and Laura, I'm shopping your collection, you earn and I earn. There is zero downside. 
what we've done is created a platform that is also creating a flywheel to say, hey, when you win as a consumer, me, your friend wins because I get to shop your curated list of recommended products. The brand wins because you're doing this authentic referral marketing behavior on their behalf. And Apricot is winning because we're putting all of the pieces together. What we're doing is taking a lot less of that slice than traditional retailers and traditional e-commerce. And we're sharing what we would normally earn with you as a consumer, both the Apricot member and your friend who's buying from you or some other Apricot member who sees your collection and decides that she wants to know what you, what you like, what you use on your face, what you buy for your children. And she gets recognized for it. And, and you do. I also think this makes gift buying way easier because think about all the things you buy for someone and you hope that they'll like it. But if there's a face cream I see that you're always using and I buy that for you, I know you're going to be stoked on it. And then that just prevents that wasted gift, you know, where you just, you know, when you're buying something for someone and you decided to go thrifty instead of buying the one luxury item, you know, yes, I've been starting to think about just the waste in that and the way that we give and wanting a big gift or wanting a big present. This is like, seems like a really nice way to go on and see that you're getting something that that person already likes. Now, just to clarify, Apricot is for women only, right? Women, not women only purchasing, but women only curating stores. Anybody can come on. Anybody is welcome. The products that we have on our platform today, and as you know, we're relatively early. We're building up. We have over 100 better brands on our platform today with over 50 on our wait list just trying to get on, but they're mostly geared towards women. So our categories are across wellness, beauty, home, children's, and accessories. And so if you think about who's really going to engage with that, we're talking about um, women in sort of their early 20s to late 40s. But Shay, to your point earlier, um, I actually wanted to say, you're right. And what better gift can you give your friend than to shop their collection? So not only do they get what they already want or love, but then you're also allowing them to invest in themselves and you're investing in them. And it's not gross as in your friend is making money off of you or you're making money off of me. It's, hey, these brands want to pay you anyways. And what you do with that recognition, what you do with that money is you can spend it on the platform if you want to, but it's yours. You can pull it out in Venmo or PayPal, donate it to a charity of your choosing. There's so much or invest it. Why not take that and invest it? So we spent a lot of the first half of our podcast talking about um, the perils of the fast fashion industry and consumerism as we have become so accustomed to having a closet full of clothes we don't have room for and yet looking at it and having nothing to wear. Um, How is Apricot changing the game when it comes to supporting women all over the world that are making these products? And how does a purchase at Apricot also feel like a donation? Yeah, absolutely. So just getting back to what I said before is that at the heart of Apricot is a platform that's redefining the balance of power of consumerism, right? We're starting to think about this differently. 
and giving our brands more of a say. These small up and coming brands, many of them are, are probably on a small to, to midsize, but some of them have also been around for over 15 years. So Feed is one of the brands on our platform. It was started by Lauren Bushleren. She's a dear friend with every purchase that you make on Feed or of Feed items, they're actually feeding children in need. So that's just a great example of your money doing good, not just for yourself in terms of, oh, that handbag is really cute. But with the purchase of that handbag, you're feeding children, you're getting compensated, somebody else is probably getting compensated that's an apricot member as well. So the idea of investing in better brands and putting your dollars in the types of companies that you want to see tomorrow that are also doing things to change the world around us, right? So let's start to find those companies that are are paying their employees and manufacturers and where they're get the, where they get their products from a living wage. Let's start to invest in those companies that are carbon neutral or are doing something, thinking about what it means to have a sustainable world tomorrow. What I was thinking also is just the hours it takes to find conscious brands. And especially if you're trying to shop for multiple things, like I need skincare and I need clothing and, I, and, and, and it's hard to not just want to go to Amazon that has everything. And it's so convenient. What I like about Apricot and what I been looking at the site is it's really easy. It's really easy to find a lot of different things and a lot of different brands and and have it be as accessible as an Amazon. Thanks for saying that, Shay. Um, and I think that's what it has to be. It, you're you're right. And I think uh, we have to be able to shop the way that we normally do. And and Laura, I think you mentioned this before, but you know, everybody says that they want to invest in conscious brands, but where do they actually put their money? They're not necessarily going out of their way to find those conscious brands. And so with Apricot, we've created this really seamless consumer right. experience. I think that is part of it, is that we want what we want and we want it now. And we live in a culture that we get everything that we want instantly, which makes it even more of a challenge when we've gotten used to that pace of consuming um, to do the research, right? To stop and pause and go, is this purchase an ethical purchase? Um, and it's great because you're doing it for us. We don't even have to think about it. We don't have to do the research. It's super easy. This laundry detergent is just going to be, you know, a little bit better. Or this particular fragrance is going to be better. This, this this thing that I could have gotten from my home at Amazon, I'm going to get from Apricot because I know it's going to uh, to have a positive domino effect versus a negative one. Uh, which is what I think, you know, where we're talking about the spirit of giving and what Christmas is and all of that. And we've become addicted to this sort of <laughs> two months of consumption um, to buy people gifts they don't really care about. And we can, you know, especially in the hardships that we've had over the last few years, when we know that people are struggling, we know that that garment workers, factory workers, et cetera, are making less than they used to make. It's harder to survive. Um, that by making a purchase from a sustainable brand and a brand that has good business practices, that we're we are making a positive difference in that spirit of giving by the purchase that we're making itself. I love this idea of a circular economy too. And we're hearing these things said more, right? Like how do you consume consciously? How do you have a circular economy? And this idea that everybody's benefiting in this. 
You're also getting things in small batches. You're also not having to do all this research for yourself. Your friends and family benefit when when they purchase. It's like, I love this idea that there's plenty of money to go around because I think we have this massive wealth gap because in these industries, we have a few people getting extremely wealthy and we have other people living in extreme poverty. Um, and so that's one thing I love about a site like this especially for me, because this research is really hard to do. There's a lot of money behind these major corporations hiding what factories they use. And so you can look up and find three different articles that says H&M just did a whole revamp and it's all eco, but that's not necessarily true. They have a few factories that are doing right by their employees. But then there's what happened in Bangladesh where 2,000 garment workers were killed. And which is now part of like how the Bangladesh economy is setting up minimum wage or keeping it really low in order to get these big contracts from outside governments. So it's not easy to to shop in this way. And so I'm excited for more companies to exist like this, where it becomes more accessible to the consumer to, to find to find small bats. That's the goal. It really is. But you know what that also takes? It takes investment in female entrepreneurs. So, you know, I think that there are so many women, especially as we've come out of the pandemic, that have started companies because it's never been easier to start a company. But what is harder than ever is to get eyes on your company, right? So you could have the most amazing product in the world if you're not on the shelves of Walmart or Target or, you know, some big box retailer, or as you talked about, you know, the, the monopoly within the consumer economy right now, or you don't have a big enough ad budget to spend on Facebook, Instagram, and Google, nobody's going to find you. So how do we start to give those brands a platform to find their own flywheel outside of traditional marketing channels? So one of the first brands was a company called Genesee. And they were an amazing sustainable eyewear brand um, manufactured in Flint, Michigan, using recycled plastic water bottles. They had an incredible patent on the technology. Uh, the female founder behind it was creating jobs and reducing waste, um, you know, kind of at the height of and amid the, the Flint water crisis. So they also sold over 12,000 pairs of glasses and were featured in Vogue multiple times over. And I got an email from her not too long ago saying that they were going under because they couldn't get investment. That is not the type of company that should be going under. There should be dollars being thrown at her to continue to build what she's building because she's investing in people, in better sustainable practices, in products that you're talking about, sort of that circular economy from start to finish. You could send back the glasses and they would turn them into something else later. Um, those are the companies that we need to see around. And that's a big reason for Apricot being. We partner with our brands. We want to bring them to the forefront. We want to give them another platform to connect with consumers and who will be their most loyal consumers in a way that feels authentic. Let's tell their stories, right? At least for me, I know that I get a lot more excited about the brand when I hear the story behind the founder. Why did they do this? Why is it important? Why should I go out of my way and shop your product versus Amazon's product? And so a big part of what we're trying to do with Apricot is to build that community, to tell those stories, to give both brands and our members the platform to connect with one another in a way that is not happening in traditional commerce, right? And to be able to invest in that full cycle. Right. And just the waste, like I'm more likely to get rid of something not knowing the backstory of where it came from too. So that's going to have me 
as a consumer want to hold on to the thing I purchased. I was noticing that about Apricot too. I was reading one of the stories and they were making these cool like uh, stone um, like planters and stuff. They were super amazing. It was a couple and I guess they were like always mining. Yeah, I loved them. And I'm like, oh, I loved hearing their whole story. I really want one of those little planters. And it would be, it's so nice to know that when you look at something, you understand who made it. You understand how the difficulties they went through in order for you to have this thing that's beautiful that they're passionate about. And then I think that really prevents us from just buying a bunch of stuff and constantly throwing it away. 100%. Apricot is empowering female entrepreneurs and supporting female-owned businesses. And how does that impact the economy? Oh, my gosh. It has a huge impact on the economy. I'll get you a number on that in just a second. But this has been widely reported that women run better businesses. Diversity makes companies more profitable, less risky, and more innovative. And studies also show that startups with at least one woman founder perform better. You know, not only that, and I think we really saw this through the pandemic, that in times of crisis, women-led companies have tended to weather storms better. And I think it's really fascinating when we consider how women tend to be a little bit more conservative, although a lot more thoughtful on how we make business decisions. And especially, you know, kind of coming off the heels of what's happened, not just with Adam Newman, who was the the founder of WeWork and recently got $350 million for his next venture, uh, and the blow up of what's going on in, in FTX. And you can also cut all of this if you want. But only 2% of funding goes to it. Uh, we don't need to go there. I think the the impact on the economy. No, I, I actually do. I do. Uh-huh, I, I like do. That. I do. I am interested in that. In I am interested in this idea that um, it is harder for women to get funding. And a man for, can get funding no uh, matter how much he fucks up. Yes. <laughs> Uh, it's so true. Um, Honestly, it's ridiculous. Like um, I bet they're going to give the fire festival guy some money to do some shit. I've, I've heard that. You know he's got more money for something. You know he does. Donald Trump, how many failed businesses and bankruptcies did he have for those companies that he still would manage to get more and investment? And a woman, one swing and a miss and you're out of the game. Yeah. Well, and I think also women, the way that women... Uh, we have like this sense of perfectionism. If we don't do it right, we beat ourselves up. We are our worst enemies in terms of that. And I think because we kind of look at it, we don't have many opportunities to get this type of investment that we're really hard on ourselves when things don't succeed or they don't go in the way that we think they will. But what's exciting about this is these stats about women performing well and their businesses performing well. and it should feel and we should change the the conversation around this that giving a woman a loan for a business or investing in her business is not a handout it is not giving to charity it is a true investment and you will see the reward so if you are and it is a safer investment, an investor out there to stats, according to these statistics it's a safer investment <laughs> Listen, a woman knows how to do 300 things at the same time. And that means that she can be the owner, the founder, the secretary, the treasurer all at once and also be getting herself coffee. You know what I mean? She's her own assistant at the same time. And and I do find that environments that have women working together, contrary to popular opinion and belief that we are infighting and catfighting, I have not experienced that. The majority of people that I work with are women. 
I find that it is it allows for an environment of openness and vulnerability, an environment of communicating positively, and a woman respects another woman by paying her properly in most cases. So I'm going to let you finish, Deshi. <laughs> now, Deshi, hit us with those stats. I mean, I listen, just so you know that female founders are currently attracting just 1.9% of overall VC dollars, and that's according to PitchBook. That number is down from 2.7% in 2019. And female- What is a VC dollar? Uh, venture capital. So- Venture capital. Yeah, so getting money from elsewhere to help build a business that is scalable. So not just putting your own money into something. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So as you know, when you start a business, whether it's a technology product like Apricot, which is very expensive to build anything today on, uh, you know, in tech because you have to hire engineers and product developers to think about consumer behavior. And there are all of these various pieces to it. But regardless, even if it's skincare, so that face lotion, it costs money to have that developed, to get the packaging, to put in a minimum order. And oftentimes women are having to take out loans, which are also very difficult to get, right? Or find somebody to invest in their business so that way they can grow and scale it. Everything costs money, and we all know that it takes money in order to make money. So this gets back to the idea of putting more money in the hands of women to start thinking about your own financial health, your own financial wellness, what it means to invest in yourself, and also what money gets you. So if you start with even shopping and getting $25 back on this, $15 back on that, before you know it, that starts to add up. And if you take that money and invest it, so when I first started investing, I invested in the total stock market fund in in Vanguard. I didn't know anything. And that's funny, actually, because I came from an investment banking background. And even me working in finance, I was really insecure about investing my dollars. I had no idea how to go about it. And if that's me, I can only imagine how other women feel, right? Like we don't even know where to start. But guys have this confidence that they exude. They'll put some here, put some there, see what works. It's okay if we lose it. There's this sense of like, you know, you'll, you'll figure it out. And girls, you know, to your point, Laura, earlier is that there's a sense of perfection that we want before we really swing for it. Getting back to those stats, even with Adam Newman raising 350 million for what is essentially a commercial real estate business that was yet to be defined after what the New York Times quoted, um, his last venture, venture ended in an implosion unlike any other in the history of startups. That is mind boggling to me that anybody would then 
go and give him more money to do something else. And with the FTX founder, he's 30 years old and he's lost over $30 billion. Think about that for a second. A billion a year. That's a lot of money a to lose. A billion a year that he's been alive. <laughs> I mean, think of what we could oh. do with even a fraction of that for all of the women that were out there raising money, starting companies in need of childcare, in need of structural support oh. to allow them to invest in themselves, right? When you invest in a woman, when a woman is happy, when she feels fulfilled, you're not just investing in her. It's everybody she touches and generations to come. And as a mother, I know that when I'm in a good place, my kids are way better off. My husband is way better off, right? When I'm in a good place, I'm able to give the best of myself to my kids, to my three boys, to make them productive members of this society, to make them kind humans, to think about all of those things, to have those conversations. Oh, you are preaching to the choir here. Um, but I do think there is something so, uh, so true that when women are fulfilled, their reliance upon anyone or anything diminishes when they know that they can be self-reliant. And I do believe that you're changing the game here with not only supporting women who are entrepreneurs, but supporting the women who are consuming and buying um, and selling. So a woman can have a business on, on Apricot and have a store and thrive and support the female entrepreneur that, that uh, she's posted the items from on her store and the person that's buying from her. And it's, I think that's a really beautiful ecosystem that is also improving sustainability and, and the environment. So how do you best grow and start your store on apricot? I say apricot. I say, you say apricot, 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 apricot. Let's call it's the whole like thing. It's like tomato, tomato. You can call it whatever you want. We, we get it. <laughs> um, we get it. So this isn't supposed to be difficult, right? It's supposed to replicate something that you do already and something that you want to have fun doing already. So what you're just doing is you're going on, you're signing up and you're able to both shop and to curate your own collection or store within this community. That's almost like a shoppable Pinterest, right? So people can shop from your collection, whether they're apricot members or not, it just depends how you want to share it. But me as an apricot member, I can go on and browse and I do, I see who's new. I see what they're adding. It's really exciting to be inspired by what other people are doing. But the key here is that it's easy and it's meant to be easy and it's meant to have you think about your value and your worth a little bit differently as well. So all you have to do is go on and sign up and that's it. And that's the beginning of changing your life and your financial well-being and your financial independence. Um, and that's a big part of what this is, right? It's time to start getting women paid and putting a dollar value behind what has been unpaid labor. And that is both shopping taking the time to invest in better companies, right? Putting your dollars into what will give us a better tomorrow and also investing in yourself and the work that you do as a consumer. Yes. And also I do want to mention that Women of Tomorrow has a curated store Yay. on Apricot. And so if you don't know where to start, you can go to Women of Tomorrow. Uh, you can find our store. It's W-O-M-X-N of tomorrow 
and you can begin to shop and check out what we have. We're curating products that are sustainable and are great for women and benefit women. Deshi, thank you so much for being here with us. Uh, and thank you for doing what you do, because I do believe that um, the work that you're doing has an impact, it will continue to have an impact, and is the type of thing that a lot of people wonder in their lives, whether what they're doing on a daily base, basis is making the world a better place. And I truly believe that you are doing that. And this is so uh, truly well thought out. And I know it's not easy because you are also a female entrepreneur who has started your own business. With three um, kids. With three children. And I'm very uh, inspired by the work that you do and inspired, you know, uh, by the causes that you support. Thank you so much for saying that. And it's such an honor and a pleasure to be here. And let me tell you, I am equally as inspired by everything that you do with Women of Tomorrow, um, with what you put out there, Shay, with, you know, with what your work is. And I just feel so blessed and so grateful to have met you both along this journey. The truth is that we are not going to stop consuming and we shouldn't. Consumerism keeps our economy thriving and creates millions of jobs. We just need to keep it all in balance and create a better system for commerce and e-commerce that benefits everyone and our planet. Go for quality rather than quantity to try to minimize waste. I promise you'll spend less. Definitely. And <laughs> let's value the producer and the planet by buying small batch and from smaller companies and using amazing things like apricot. Remember that being willing to pay just 3 to 5% more for a product can be the difference between extreme poverty and a living wage. So, happy fucking holidays. Get out there and do some good with what you buy. You can also find our store, link to our store, and a link to Apricot in our show notes. Check that shit out. Get to shopping. Hey, hey, she came to play. To watch the queen ascend Baby, how you feeling Breaking that glass ceiling Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.